Discipleship happens when we spend intentional time with our children. Now, it's in these moments that God writes His Word on their hearts. He does the writing, but we help to create the atmosphere for that to take place. Now, from that premise, Pastor Chris Swain started the book that he wasn't able to finish. Now, this morning, we are revisiting a conversation with Chris's wife, Melissa, as she shares about their book, Write It on Their Hearts, Practical Help for Discipling Your Kids. Melissa, welcome to The Morning Conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so really looking forward to uh, connecting with you about uh, a book that uh, you just recently released. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a story that uh, of how this book came about. would love to kind of share that with the MyBridge family. Yeah, so my husband, Chris, was a discipleship pastor uh, the last several years. We've been in ministry together for 23 years. Wow. And discipleship was his passion. Mm-hmm. When he finally got to work in a discipleship-focused ministry, that was his sweet spot. And he kept looking for the right book to help us disciple our kids, and he could never find what he was looking for. So the Lord really impressed upon his heart that he was to be the one to write a book that would be the practical guide that he was looking for. And because if he needed it, he thought, you know, other people probably need Mm -hmm. this too. And so he was almost finished writing that manuscript. Um, We had bounced it back and forth. You know, I'm an editor and a writer. And so I had Mm. helped him a little bit. And the Lord took him home unexpectedly last summer when he was almost finished writing this book. And as we were standing in the hospital, as a mom, as the wife, your brain does all kinds of things and it goes all kinds of places. But my 11-year-old daughter was standing there with me and she said, Mama, you have to finish daddy's book. Mm. Wow. And as mom, I'm like, Baby, let's talk about that later. She said, no, mama, you have to promise me that you'll finish this book. And I didn't want to be the one to have to finish it because it was his. It was his to do. But the Lord had always planned for me to take it and finish it. And that's what we've done. Melissa, was that 2022 or 2021 that your husband passed? That was the summer of 2021. Um, The manuscript was almost finished. And so the book released on time in August of 2022. And how's the process been walking through that? That that had to be, I would think it was probably somewhat therapeutic, but I would would also think it was incredibly hard. Yes, both. (laughs) Um, I had edited books before, so I finished what was left to finish of the book. And then I went back through and did the editorial process with it. Sometimes I was able to like step outside of the situation and put on my editor's hat. And sometimes I'm reading it and I just, I hear Chris's voice and I Mm -hmm. thank the Lord that he uh, was able to put those things on paper and say those things because that's what I needed in the moment too. Melissa, I'm always into especially titles that seem to have some substance to them. So the first part of the title of the book, write it on their hearts. So it comes out of scripture, correct? Yeah, it comes yeah. right out of Deuteronomy 6, you know, and and Jeremiah, you know, where in Jeremiah it says, 31, 33, I will put my teaching within them and write it on their heart. That is what we want. We want the Lord's word written on the hearts of us and our children. The title was really pretty self-explanatory. We thought that's what we want. Yeah. And so in the back half, practical help for discipling your kids. So you're making a commitment there you got to deliver on. So like, how does that work out? If I dive in the book, what am I going to find from a practical standpoint? From a practical standpoint, you're going to find very short chapters because yes. Chris, was, <laughs> he was, a Chris man. was not about plot. He's a real man. So <laughs> that's get right. straight to the short point. Chapters. Exactly. Pictures? No. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, short chapters, diagrams, because he loved go. diagrams. He also loved acronyms. So you've got some of those in there yes. too. Also at the end of each chapter is a bullet list. Hey, here's how you can start on this today. There's not a checklist of this is what you have to do. It is these are the six elements of discipleship that Jesus modeled for us, which are love, connection, prayer, scripture, accountability, and rest. These are the things that Jesus discipled for us. Start with one and just do one thing and then do something else. Very practical. So, Melissa, the book begins with an interesting parallel to uh, Alexander the Great and how he Mm -hmm. conquered Jerusalem, right? Not by overwhelming the city by force, but by integrating the culture into his empire. How does that story speak into kind of what we as parents are facing? Well, I think it's important for us to teach our kids that culture is not our enemy because the Lord has given us some fantastic things through music and art and things like that that we can appreciate and and that the Lord uses. And so culture is not our enemy, but we do have to watch and make sure that the culture we allow in our lives aligns with Mm. God's word. And so that gives us opportunities as parents when we're watching a show with our kids and we're listening to a song or a podcast or any of those things that we can direct them. And when they're little, we can we can filter those things for them. But as they grow, then we get to say, hey, how does this align with God's word? What what do you think Jesus would say about this show or this song? Or did you listen to the lyrics in that? I know this this tune is really catchy and fun. What is this really saying? And what do you think Jesus would say about that? So important, Mm. so challenging, right? So yeah, that whole balance between the beauty of culture, but also kind of the risk and danger of culture. And we've got to be able to discern that well. Yes, because it sneaks in. You know, Mm. there's just one character in a show that lives yes. a lifestyle that we don't agree with or but they're the funny one so it's okay mm-hmm. like it's fine it we teach our kids to discern those things and because when they leave our homes and go out into the world we're not going to be there to do yes. that for them so it's our job as parents to provide these opportunities with intentionality so that the lord is writing his word on their hearts so that they have ownership of their faith when they're out in the world. Yeah, I like what you said, they're providing it with intentionality, mm-hmm. right? Not hiding it with unintentionality that then leaves them at risk when they leave to not know how to process those things for themselves. So that's really good. So Melissa, prayer can be difficult for us as adults to, to understand, mm-hmm. right? You know, one of those six elements that uh, you and Chris talk about in the book, discipling our kids is prayer. What is important for us to remember about prayer as we teach that to our children? One of the things I think is important is that prayer is more caught than taught. Mm-hmm. I pray a lot like my parents because they're the ones I listened to when I was growing up. They're the ones who taught me to pray. Wow. When our kids hear us praying, they tend to model their own prayers after that. So first of all, we have to pray out loud with our kids. Second of all, we have to remember ourselves that prayer is just a conversation and we don't have to say special words in order to talk to Jesus and we can do it at any time. And so when we are able to teach our kids those things, then that sets a foundation of prayer that will serve them their whole lives. Mm -hmm. When you make that statement, like our kids have to hear us pray, what if like no one's heard me pray out loud? And that's kind of a big kind of step. And I don't know, is there a baby step, a way to kind of push into that area? area if we've not really been one that's prayed out loud before? Obvious places are, you know, to pray at mealtimes. Mm-hmm. And so that's easy and simple. I think that it's also when we have 
the habit, which it is a habit and it's something that we as parents have to create in our own lives, that when we think, oh, thank you, Jesus, for that, we can say that out loud and our kids can hear us Mm -hmm. so that when we are thinking something that way and we say it out loud, it also becomes a prayer of thanks. Mm. And our kids hear that and can pick that up. We can also see that the benefit of maybe praying out loud by ourselves, mm-hmm. which I hadn't thought about before until we're having this conversation. It's like, you know, that could be a way because it's not unusual. I've been, you know, in many different ministry contexts and it's very normal for me to have people in the group that have never prayed out loud before. And it's kind of a big jump for them to try to do that. But like, you know, we can pray out loud by ourselves and kind of grow in our comfort of that as well. We can. It feels intimidating. But, you know, even if you just imagine Jesus sitting next to Mm. you and you're just having a conversation Mm. with him, he's not going to look at you and go, I'm sorry, what did you say? (laughs) You know, he's I mean, Jesus listened to everybody who talked to him. Right. So he's going to hear what we're the Lord hears what we say. And he's going to be gracious in accepting the things that we say, even if we stumble over ourselves. Melissa, Chris wrote about the importance of spending time with our kids and made an interesting statement. He said that one of the greatest mistakes that we make as parents is that we confuse connecting with a moment and connecting with our child. So Mm -hmm. kind of break that down for us a little bit. So especially as moms, we try to plan these perfect moments, right? We want the tree to look just the right way for Mm -hmm. Christmas. We want the, the, you know, the punch to be perfect, the cookies, like we want the whole thing, the whole vibe, right? And then our kids (laughs) come in and they complain about something and we're, and we're just like, that's it. That, you know, all everything that I've done has gone to waste. We try too hard sometimes. We have to remember that it's not about those special moments only. Those special moments are important. And yes, we should strive for those. But it's the in-betweens. It's the, hey, I'm not going to help you fold your clothes today. And we're just going to chat while we do that. That's a special moment for your kid who is service-oriented. And that was a big deal for them. When you pick up your kid in the car line and you're by yourself and you have a kid whose love language is quality time and you say, hey, let's, let's go grab a Starbucks before we head home. That is a moment of connection that is important to that kid in a way that may not be important to another And it's not a huge deal that you did, but it is an important moment of connection that will build over time and build the relationship between you and your kids so that you have more opportunities in the future. Melissa, you know, with our kids, when they were in our home, obviously we wanted them to get into the word of God, but we more wanted the word of God to get into them, right? And Mm -hmm. wanted to be real and dynamic and not just some thing that they checked off (laughs) along Mm -hmm. the way. You know, I really was excited to, as I kind of was perusing your book, and you had a way to kind of help kids get into the word, not just kind of read it over and check it off. Talked about earlier that uh, Chris really liked acronyms. Use the word here to kind of build yes. off of that. So yeah, we'd love to have you share that with us this morning. Yeah. So the here method was created by Replicate Ministries who Chris worked with, and mm. they've let us use it here in the book. Yeah. Um, but it is a method of studying the Bible with intentionality. So you don't have to have special tools, special books, special anything. You pick up your Bible and you highlight a scripture. And that's the scripture that you, that's your H. E is explain. This is what this scripture is going, and what's going on in context with this scripture. Here's, here's what's happening. Apply is, how does this apply to me? What does this mean to my life? And then the R is respond. What am I going to do about this? And so as adults, 
we can use this ourselves. We can teach our young children. Um, we can pull those elements out for them. And then as our kids grow and they can read on their own, then we can teach them to use this method to apply God's word to their life. Mm-hmm. That's really good. As I was kind of looking through it, it, it uh, seems like respond a number of times. Part of that was prayer. And one of the ways that mm-hmm. you might respond through prayer, which I thought was really cool from a standpoint of obviously prayer is interactive. It's, yes. it's communication. Like you said earlier, it's talking to God. So we heard from him. And so I love that kind of ending it with let's, respond back to God in prayer. Well, it's obviously families are busy. <laughs> families are busy. Kids are busy. And uh, But one of the things that uh, Chris really wrote about was the importance of teaching your children to rest, right? Yes. Which I haven't really heard that before. So, I mean, it's logical. It makes sense. We, we, we do want our kids to get to bed, but like that real sense of rest. So, yeah. So, share about how to incorporate that into a family. So the way we talk about rest is not just physical rest, Mm. but also resting in the fact that God is in charge of everything and I'm not. He doesn't need me to do what he's going to do. God's purposes are going to be accomplished. I want to be used by God, but he doesn't have to have me doing this thing right now and all the things in order to accomplish his purposes. So I can take a step back and realize that I don't have to do everything. I don't have to be everywhere. And it's okay if I say no to some things. So we need to allow that space in our lives for not only our physical rest, but for our spiritual, mental, and emotional rest too. And he talks about um, STOP is one of his acronyms that he uses there, where we get still with the Lord, just to spend time with him, not really to just ask for something or to um, to try to, you know, push our agenda, but to just say, okay, God, here I am. I'm just going to be with you for a little bit. We have to teach ourselves as adults how to do that because that's hard for me. Man, rest is so hard. But once we teach ourselves and we're teaching our kids how to do this, then we can go through the whole thing here. Still talk to God, offer our praises and offerings to him, and then Accept the peace that he gives us, knowing that he's in control of everything and he's got us. Melissa, obviously this time of year with the focus on Jesus' birth can provide some unique opportunities for discipling children. So what are some ways that you do that? Our plates are really full, Hmm. right? Before we ever sit down to Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, our plates are full. One of the things that we need to do is remember that this holiday season will pass But our kids' spiritual lives and our own are important, even in the midst of all of the busy. And so we can give ourselves lots of grace, right? doesn't have to be a checklist. We don't have to have a reading plan where we read something every single day of the month. And if we don't hit it, if, if things get too crazy and we can't make it happen today, then we have a huge guilt trip for ourselves. We don't have to do that. We still need to be intentional with our time with our kids and consider the ways that we already have, the opportunities we already have. I have a kid that I take to practice. I have 10 minutes in the car with him and he can't get away from me. Hmm. (laughs) He he has to say words to me when he's in the car, (laughs) right? So we have a deal. Hey, when we're in the car and I'm taking you to practice, we talk about stuff. And that's already in our schedule. It's already in our daily lives. But especially in this crazy holiday time, It gives us just that 10 minutes to check in with each other, to make sure we're okay. And for me to say, hey, is is something too much right now? 
Can I help you with something? Is there something that you need me to pray for you about? Hey, here's how you can pray for me too. Melissa, as I think about our conversation today and discipling our kids, we need to become disciples and make sure that we're disciples in order to Mm -hmm. disciple our kids. And there was a point in your life where you became a disciple. You came to know Jesus in a real and personal way. I would love to hear that story. I um, accepted Jesus when I was six. Mm. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. I knew Jesus at that time, but it was really when I was a little older that I began to really take ownership of my faith. I realized I I have to do this for myself. I can't uh, rely on mom and dad and the weekly Bible study that we have at home and just going to church. That's not enough. And it's my responsibility to have this relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I can imagine that uh, the faith of your parents would not have carried you through the loss of your husband, right? It took your own mm-hmm. faith that mm-hmm. uh, allowed you to navigate that well. But even in the midst of that, I guess, what, how did God walk you through? What grace did you receive? How did he deliver that grace to you to be able? And I'm, I know you're, it's only a little bit over a year since that's happened. So it's still very raw and fresh, I'm sure for you. Mm-hmm. How did God meet you? And where did your faith go in the midst of kind of processing through the grief of losing your husband? Um, the only way I can describe it is miraculous. Honestly, it has been so hard and it is still hard every day, but God has been here with us and he has shown us in so many ways that he has gone before us and that he saw these things coming and was not a surprise to him. You know, something happens and you think, oh, wow, that was really nice. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And then you look at it and think about all of the things that have been happening in the background for days, weeks or months that led to this one thing happening today, right now in this moment, and realize that God's been working on this for a long time. Like he knew that July 2021, that Chris would step into heaven. One of the things that I have said to God is, I trust you. I don't know what I'm doing today. We might eat cereal for dinner again tonight Mm. or frozen pizza. (laughs) And that's fine. That's okay. But I trust you that you've got us. And the thing that I want my kids to see through all of this is that God's got us. Even when we don't know what our next step is, that he's already there and he's waiting for us to take that step when it's time. Melissa, I'm curious. uh, I mean, we obviously we're Christian radio station. We play music, Christian music, right? Mm -hmm. So has music been a tool that God's used as you navigated this uh, journey along the way? And and if so, is there a song particular that God's really used? Yes. And I have a whole playlist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Music has been an important part of my life for a long time. Mm -hmm. And my kids love music. We have music going all the time. Um, But there have been some, some really great songs. And every now and then a friend would send me a song and say, hey, I heard of heard this song and I thought of you. And um, and so there there are songs that I've had on my playlist for a while yep. that have been good ones for us. There have been new songs that have come in that have really been a blessing to us. There were some songs that we played at Chris's service, that we had sung at Chris's service that are still meaningful to us. So yes, music is a huge part. The way we pray, the way we communicate with the Lord, and the way we allow others to even bless us. Yeah. So one of the things that we hear uh, often as a ministry is that right song coming on at the right time. Did you have one of those experiences? And what song was that? And how did God meet you in it? 
many times I would be listening to my local Christian radio station driving down the road and just be thinking about something random Hmm. that I thought was random and a song came on the radio Hmm. and it was exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. right then in that moment. And I can't tell you every song that that's happened with because there have been too many Hmm. for me to even keep up with. One of them though, is I believe a Toby Mac song where he talks about God's rolling up his sleeves. He's getting ready to do something really good. So just hang on. It's coming.